Shalom, friends. It's an honor and delight to be here with my teacher, Rabbi Dr. Art Green, who, as you know, has uh, published many uh, important books translating Chassidut into English and into universalism in many ways, and many, uh, many, many, uh, man many important works, academic and popular. And is now we're here in his temporary home here in Baca, in Yerushalayim, um, where he's teaching and writing and doing important things. So thank you for taking time to talk. Great pleasure to see you, Shmuel. So um, I think one of the things that um, many of us are struggling to piece together is this, um, this intersection and this translation between our spiritual lives and our ethical lives. For some, that might be obvious. It's so obvious. But mm -hmm. I wonder if you could help us think a little bit about the, the connection between Ben Adam Lamakam and Ben Adam Chavero. Essentially, what does it mean to be a religious person today in its entirety? Well, let me start off saying, um, first of all, how wonderful it is to be with you and have a much respect to have for all of you, all of you do and, and, and this series as, as, as well. Uh, for many years, when um, back in the 1970s and 1980s, uh, <clears throat> um, Larry Kushner and I both began to talk about spirituality. There was a whole group of rabbis of a generation above us who said, no, 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 this is a terrible idea. You'll distract people from social justice. Judaism is really about the prophetic and the social justice. People like, they're now, they're now all Aleya Mashalom. Um, Gene Barowitz, um, mm -hmm. Arnold Jacob Wolf, mm -hmm. um, uh, some others were protesting this, this, this emphasis on the inner life will lead people just to an empty navel-gazing and away from the important things of the world. And we, I always insisted, we always insisted, no, they go together. That, that the spiritual renewal, spiritual rebirth, and, and activism are, are two sides of the same, absolutely the same coin. I think for a lot of Jews, that was hard to digest because religiosity came to represent to them, especially to the, American, to the immigrant generation, old-fashioned conservative values. And the idea that religiosity was about social justice, religiosity was about something progressive and demanding of you in the social world, and not something just conservative, was, uh, was a revolution. Um, a lot of Jews, I think, relearned this from her experience in the Civil Rights Movement. Mm -hmm. I think seeing the, the, the tremendous spiritual strength of the Black Church and the way in which it gave birth to activism, at the same time, two sides of the same of the same thing, was inspiring to a lot of Jews. So I think you're you're right in asking that that question: How do they go together? And that's where the focus should be on what it means to be a religious human being. Mm -hmm. So so I'm very limited in that my spiritual life is very self-conscious. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about my own midot. I'm thinking about my own connection to the divine. I'm thinking about my own to feel experience. And my activism experience is very other conscious. So my ritual life is very self-aware. My activist space is very otherware. Those two don't bridge together. So when people talk about praying with their feet as if like their own spiritual experience is synonymous with their kind of ethical experience. You know, I, I don't always know what they're talking about there. So I wonder how do you think about the bridge from that spirit experience of meditation, of tefillah, of learning, and how that then bridges into holding that God consciousness in that ethical well, I, I begin Shachrit, yeah. before Baruch Shemar in, in the morning tefillah every day, I say the Kavanah of the Ari. The Kavanah of the Arizal was, he said, for the sake of the, 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 the unification of God's name, I hereby accept upon myself the commandment to love my neighbor as myself. What's the Ari? I thought it was the best. No, that's the, that, was the the that was the Ari. I've been, I've been, I've been misquoting it for a while. Well, so. have to be, by, the, by the merit of that, I, I dare to open my mouth in prayer. Mm. So prayer is supposed to bring me to loving my neighbor. Mm. Why? Because because loving God and loving your neighbor are not separate mm. things. They're not. These are not two different things. 
Um, I really believe in, in a kind of God who is the unity of all being, and that means His presence in every person. So how do you love God? You love God through loving God's creatures. You love God through loving through loving the world and through loving people. Um, God, God as some abstract being doesn't need your love. It's the God, it's the God in creatures. It's the God in other people who calls out to you who needs your love. So I think that's what it means. That, that it doesn't mean anything to love God without loving people, without loving God's creation. So for me, that's all. That's all to say. That's all the same business. And and the, the the spiritual life, the turning inward, has to be in a way to open me up to love and care about that which is around me and people around me. So I, I think the challenge of the self is just so difficult. We have so many needs. I want to eat, I want to sleep, I want to be spiritually nourished, intellectually nourished, I want to heal from my traumas. I have so many needs as an individual. How do we actually, like, what's our wisdom to actually get beyond the self, to actually feel we have enough, we are enough, that we can actually, in a radical sense, really feel called. I mean, just looking here in Baca, I mean, there's poverty, there's asylum seekers, there's Arabs, there's conflict. Not to mention in America, we have race, race issues and gender issues and, and, and systemic injustice issues. I mean, how, how, to have a life committed to ethics and justice and still take care of the self. I mean, how do we, how do we make that move? It's not about you. It's not about you. Um, Torah lishma, mitzvot lishmana, are, are, are in other words, you do it for the sake of that which is out there. You do it for the sake of for the sake of the shechinah. That means for the sake of the divinity that's in every creature. It's not about you. Um, you're uh, you will take best care of yourself mm -hmm. if you get involved in the act in the in the life of giving. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Rav I'm usually a chassid of his, but Rav Ashlag said that. Um, that we are all receivers because we receive the gift of life and every moment we, we are alive, we are, we are receivers. I'm now over 80 years old, and so every moment is a gift from heaven. And we have to become givers. To, to, the purpose of Torah is to transform us from receivers into givers, from mekablim into mashpim. We have to have something to give. In the, it's in the act of giving that you receive. It's in the act of giving. Any good lover knows that, you know, what's the difference between giving and receiving? Um, you give love, you receive love. You give pleasure, you receive pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so the more we the more we give, the more we receive. So the whole purpose is to open us up to giving and to and to find our to find our fulfillment in that. Mm -hmm. So uh, so don't begin with a list of what I need. Yeah. Uh, the, the list of the list of what I need is not is not important. Mm -hmm. um, what do I have to offer? Mm -hmm. What do I have to give? How can I how how can I be more giving? And that will that will nourish that will nourish me too. That will, that will nourish the person too. Mm. The act of giving is what nourishes. Mm. So what should our relationship to halakha be here? By halakha, I don't mean shulchan aruch. I mean a, a practice of consistency. When we commit our lives in a consistent manner towards spiritual practice, towards an ethical practice, how do you, what's the language you think we should embrace mm -hmm. that gives us a, a sense of rigor in our postmodern age? Well, halakha, I like the word halakha yeah. because it means walking. Yeah. Because it means a path. Yeah. If you tell me halakha means Jewish law, mm -hmm. I somehow seem to get off the train. Yeah. If you tell me it's a path of walking, you tell me it's a way of life, I'm very much, I'm very much with you. Because law is something that has to be enforced, and then people who break the law have to be punished. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anybody should be punished for anything in the world of misvot ben adam lamakom, in the individual sphere. Yeah. Um, I think people have to make their own choices, but I'm a, I'm a very traditional Jew these days. I wasn't always through my life. It took me a long time 
to come back to it after a, after a bad dose of neurotic orthodoxy and adolescence. But, uh, but I breathe traditional now, and I live a halak, what I would call a halakhic life, but not in, a, not in a strict or obsessive or overly nervous sense. But you have to think about halakha in the world of Ben Adam Chaviro as much as in the world of Ben Adam Makom. You have to think about what kinds of obligations I have to other people. Um, my very dear student, um, Ariel Mezum, you know, yeah. is talking about halakha in the area of, of environmental concern. Mm -hmm. And that means adding chumrot, being more machmir, not being not always looking at halakha saying, how can I be naked? How can I be less? But there are areas in halakha where we have to be more more stringent than we used to be, more stringent than, than the, the, the shulchan arach type would seem to demand. So uh, I think that I think I think the normative part of, of Judaism is very important, mm -hmm. and I think we have to create norms for ourselves. But I take those I take those on I would call more as discipline than as law. Mm -hmm. Discipline means this is something I have taken upon myself, and I owe it to myself to live up to this discipline to which I have committed myself, mm -hmm. rather than being law, which is imposed from without. I am not a believer in the importance of heteronomy, which. Mm -hmm which all the, the generation before me used to talk about. You have to have a heteronymous sense of the law. It has to be imposed upon you from without. I think on the contrary, it has to be accepted from within. You have to open your heart to it, um, and then you do it. But you do it because you have committed yourself to that discipline. Mm -hmm. Is that is autonomy a human space or a divine space? I believe both. I believe both. Chiruta Haluchot is very, that's a very important midrash to me. It was carved on the tablets, but carved is written like, like the same word for freedom. So freedom on the tablets. The, the Torah is supposed to make you freer, not supposed to make you enslaved again. Um, and um, and that means that means a deep kind of inner freedom, but it also means you choose that commitment, you choose that discipline out of freedom. You have the freedom to make that choice. So. It's, it's easy to fall today into cynicism. Um, the world is burning on so many levels. And I don't think that's spiritually productive. Um, and yet, the two easiest ways to root in optimism is either in a blind emunah, sort of a messianism, if, or empirically. But I think those are, are, are fairly limited. And I wonder, uh, when, you, when you seek to be optimistic or hopeful, uh, what, do you, what do you root that in? Uh, I think in some ways I'm in the business of defying absurdity, of looking absurdity in the eye and spinning in its face mm -hmm. and saying, we have no choice, we will go on, we will, we will, we, we, we will do good in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I remember that uh, I learned an awful lot from Albert Camus way back uh, when I was, when I was a struggling existentialist in my 20s. And the idea that uh, in the face of evil you will do good, in the face of evil you will you will do some little bit of good. Mm. I am um, sometimes I like to think that the Jews in the world are not divided between Orthodox and Reform and so on, but between Messianic and non-Messianic Jews. Mm. I'm mostly a non-Messianic Jew, unlike my dear friend and, and, and mentor of Zalman, um, unlike the, unlike the Chabadniks. I don't think, or, or unlike Gush Emunim, I don't think Mashiach is around the corner and about to come. Um, I think we are going to live for a long time in the shadow of the wicked kingdom. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai was a great example. You, you, 
you, are, you light some little bit of goodness in the world and you make a little less darkness and you find a few people who really care and they spread the light a little more and that's what we can do. And that beacon of light survives through dark times. We live in pretty dark times. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. We are, I'm, I'm an old guy who has grandchildren. I think about what world we are leaving to my grandchildren and what world we're leaving to the next generation. It is, it is frightening. It is frightening, obviously, on the environmental level. It's frightening on the political level. It's frightening on the level of values. And therefore, therefore, that's what you have to do. You have to make as much light as you can. Mm -hmm and teach as many people as you can, and write as much as you can, and give as much as you can, and do as much as you can, because the forces of darkness are very strong. Mm -hmm. And the hope, the hope is in, yes, that, that, that light will keep that light will keep burning, especially if you keep adding oil to it. Beautiful. So last question for you, um, and, and I'm so moved by what you're sharing, thank you so much. Um, if someone's gonna, um, about to embark in Jewish learning, um, whether they're a total beginner, or they've been doing this for decades, and you want to offer them two or three kavanot of how we sh what intentionality we should bring to our learning experience to have it most impact what this learning is about. What kind of kavanot would you suggest that, 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 that we bring to our learning experience? Number one, it's not about information. Mm. It's not about how much you know. Uh, it's about what the learning does to you. How the learning opens your heart. Think of learning as a devotional act, not as a, not as something to make you smarter, not as something to make you be able to have an interesting cocktail party conversation. Um, think of learning as an, learning as an act of worship. Mm -hmm. uh, Torah lishma doesn't really mean according to the Hasidic master Torah for its own sake, but Torah for the sake of the Shekhinah, and that means for the sake of the divine presence that's in us and all around us. So use your learning in order to awaken something in yourselves, in order to awaken some kind of some kind of inner stirring. And if Torah isn't doing that for you, then either you're not studying the right books, you're not studying with the right people, you're not studying the right way. Torah should be awakening and inspiring and uh, and exciting. And um, and make sure it is those things. Yeah, beautiful friends. Be sure if you haven't already to check out the amazing uh, books of. Rabbi Dr. R. Green, one of the one of the greatest uh, scholars and the of our generation. Thank you so much.